Welcome to the Wonders of Thetis podcast, your one-stop shop for all your Dragon Age role-playing game needs. My name is Ren. And I'm Jessica. Welcome to another episode of the Wonders of Thetis podcast, episode 54. Welcome back. We decided to make a poll about the crafting talents that we have been uh, sort of skipping over a couple of times for other topics. Mm-hmm. I decided to force the issue this time because I think all these talents are really cool and there's a lot of nuances that you can get into with a lot of these. So we ended up going with uh, one that I was kind of surprised I actually hadn't offered a couple of times, rune crafting. That one uh, kind of blew the others out of the water. It did. Everyone wants to talk about Sandal's favorite pastime, enchantment. Enchantment. It's pretty dang cool. And we're going to get there soon. We've got a couple of things to get through. First, why don't we start with This Week in Thetis. You aren't worried I'll just make it up as I go? Not at all. You'll need to hear the whole story. Welcome to This Week in Thetis. This is not exactly Dragon Age news, but as I imagine several of you uh, enjoy the Age system and probably have tried a couple of the other Age games that Mm -hmm. are the sister RPGs of Dragon Age. If you haven't, check them out. They're great. Totally. Uh, The Modern Age Basic Rulebook is now available for pre-order. We have Fantasy Age, which lets you do swashbuckling fantasy, dragons, and magic, but now if you want urban fantasy or even... Very low uh, criminal, low fantasy criminal investigations, or even full-on griffins escaping warehouses, hmm. things like that. You know, and this is for you. This is for you. You can and get the, the PDF right yeah. now. So that's the cool thing. You can get your PDF right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you do, and you happen to notice an error in the book, feel free to stop on by the Modern Age forums and post the error in the PDF errata thread. The good folks at Green Running will take these corrections into account as they polish the PDF for the printing run. And we can probably expect something very much like this when the Dragon Age Faces of Thetis book comes around. This is kind of how Green Running likes to handle their new releases, is they start the, pre- start the pre-orders or release the PDF right away as kind of a 1.0 version. And then when even though they've got proofreaders who go through it, who give it a once-over, there's always stuff that gets missed because they've got like two or three people working on that. But when they, release, when they get the PDF out there, there's hundreds of eyes who are looking at it. Also, there are a few people who are more uh, attentive to details of things like that. And, I mean, quite honestly, as one of the more critical then gamers. So, we're a pretty good resource for mista- for finding mistakes. Very good resources for proofreading. So, if you'd like to contribute to the Modern Age, to the modern age book's proofreading, feel free. And eventually, when Faces of Thetis comes around, they'll probably do the same thing. So, not only do you get the book now, but you also get to have a hand in fixing it up. Yep. It's Seems a win-win. Cool. Yeah. So, that's fun. Why don't we jump on ahead and consult our codex again? You can ask me questions if you like. I'm not sure why you'd want to, but... Oh, good. Thank you. I'm going to regret this, aren't I? Welcome to the Codex. We've got a couple that we're going to answer real quickly, because we're going to be pushing the answers to a later time, because the things are in further in other segments. The answers are in further other segments. First question comes from our good friend, Drunkle Grog, through our email. 
this one has been sitting around for a little while. I'm excited to get to it because, and I, I kind of wish we had Caitlin here for it. Yeah, she's good for stuff like this. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Caitlin, if you're listening to the show, feel free to correct us later if you like. The question is, the Guardian in Fantasy Age, slash Dragon Age, can switch who is guard- its guarding with a free action. I believe it works the same in Dragon Age. Does this mean the Guardian can switch who they guard at any time, or they can switch on their turn? By definition of free action, it would be on their turn, but thought it would be confusing to some, or just me. What, uh, could one hold the free action? I'm pretty sure in this game, a free action has to be taken on your turn. Yes. You could maybe prepare an action to swap it if the target gets changed but you'd have to waste pretty much your entire round preparing yeah that would be nonsense. your whole turn so maybe not such a great idea the guardian does have to make that de- make that decision on their turn who they're going to guard yep so keep that in mind probably has to be done on your turn yeah pretty sure mm-hmm. although you know if you're gming it and you feel like it feels uh, more fun to the players then you know yeah, Forget or maybe what we have even to say. Uh, make you know make an extra set of talents that let people do that more efficiently. Ooh, I like that. Something like uh, the bodyguard and in harm's way kind of stuff mm. from uh, other games. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Thank you, Drunkle Grog. Always a pleasure. Uh, we've got a quick one from Michael Garrett through our email. Hello, Wonders of Thetis. Hi there. Has anyone created spell slash abilities for the power of blood abilities from Dragon Age Origins DLC Warden's Keep? If not, what would I, what ideas would you have for the tabletop game? Well, as it happens... We might have a couple ideas, because I might have written some down for our own home game. Mm-hmm. When these losers had to go to Deventer. And that was... Hey, that was a wild ride. We, we won. You did. We specifically won the game. <laughs> you specifically won Deventer. Just saying. Kind of. Not losers. So, uh, Michael, stick around for the Dissonant Verses. We'll cover it real quick, and of course, we'll have it on our resources for your game page. Hopefully it works out for you. Mm -hmm. Thank you for bringing it up. I had almost forgotten that we had it. Uh, Next comes from Carrie Treadway through Facebook. I'm going to be giving my PCs a chance to buy weapon runes soon. There are some in the core rulebook, but I've been thinking of maybe creating a couple other things, like maybe runes to give attack bonuses versus demons. I don't know if it's even really worth the efforts, as I can't think of much good the runes will do outside of the ones given by the core rulebook. Paralyze, slow, generate stun points, element damage, bonus versus dark spawn and undead, bonuses to attack rolls. Does anyone have any ideas, or should I just stick with the, what the game has given me? As well, it happens... I might have spent a bit of time... Bit. Working bunch, on stuff. Bit and bunch both start with the same letter, so... Yes, they, they do. Might have spent a B of time <laughs> making some runes that I have adapt, that we adapted a little bit. So maybe you should stick around for the main topic, and we'll have an answer for you. Yeah, seems pretty relevant to uh, today's main topic. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you out there have any questions about the Dragon Age RPG, whether it's mechanics, build suggestions, questions about lore, clarifications about old episodes, or anything else, send a message to wondersofthetispodcast at gmail.com, send it to us through our Facebook, Twitter, Tumblr, Google+, or SoundCloud accounts, or send a personal message to Kant the Protector or Healer Puff on the Green Running forums, or send a message to Kant or Lease on the D20 radio forums. That's us. Alright. I think we kept Michael waiting long enough. Why don't we go ahead and crack open our books to those dissonant verses and uh, yeah, we, I know we exhausted all the blood puns in the Blood Mage episode. Let's just check out the dissonant uh, verses. I guess you could say we bled it dry. Welcome to the dissonant verses. You're welcome. Stop looking at me. Do you like ever that. wonder what yeah, lies at the yeah, edges of the map? 
We have a couple creations from here at the podcast. I think we have enough to worry about on this continent. Of course, While Magister Daenerys' research is well guarded on this subject, some rumors have slipped through that a young Magister has begun researching how to improve not only himself but his allies through blood magic talents. Inscribing lyrium under the skin is considered not only lunacy by most, but costly and not worth the trouble. Uh, through dark research, the PCs can gain several boons by sacrificing their own blood or the blood of others to gain the magic necessary to inscribe strange lyrium tattoos on themselves. These boons can grant a significant advantage to the heroes for the small price of life. Now, uh, how these work is, PCs may sacrifice one point of their constitution rating to gain a boon, or sacrifice a living NPC victim to gain two boons. If a creature's constitution is lowered to zero, they die from the process, and most NPCs usually have, on average, a one constitution, so that usually kills them. At the GM's discretion, powerful individuals or monsters with higher constitution ratings may be bled for more boons, uh, at the rate of one boon per point of constitution, or two boons if the ritual kills them. Uh, when the heroes gain a blood boon, they may spend it on the following abilities and bonuses, some boons require more than one boon to be spent, so a PC will have to gather more power for the boons to manifest. It's pretty squicky. It is very squicky. This was something that came about from our home game, where we went to Tevinter and we had like five counters up on the screen. Five advanced tests were going off. Mm -hmm. They were meeting with all the Magisters, but they needed two weeks to get all the Magisters together, so for the next two weeks uh, there were five advanced, te uh, advanced tests up on the big TV. And uh, we asked them if they wanted to gain favor, ferment rebellion, start doing some smuggling, uh, look into some ritual research with Prift, one of the NPCs who we borrowed from one of the early adventures, but who became a staple NPC for us. We love him. Uh, and, and that one actually ended up creating uh, sort of a spell, a portable spell version of the Litany of Adrala. Yes. Banishing spirits. But, um... He was also one that PCs could go to and work with on finding secret blood magic rituals. And yeah, we're into Venture stuff. Happens. Unlike what you would think, it was not the mage doing that. That was not the mage doing that. It wasn't. It was bad idea, Bear the Rogue. <laughs> it was. It was. It was the Rogue. It was Callian. Freaking. It was always Callian. You can generally assume if if there's yeah. a bad idea. A couple of these abilities were, let's say, we're not going to list them all here. You'll have to go check them out for yourself. But mm -hmm. they were modeled off of the uh, Power of Blood uh, powers from Dragon Age Origins Warden's Keep DLC. And a couple of them were actually modeled after Fenris's abilities from Dragon Age 2. So feel free to check them out and leave a comment about what you think. And, of course, as we've already alluded to, we've already collected a, 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 collected a creation of new runes. We're going to be talking about these later in the episode, along with touching on the other runes that are available. Mm -hmm. So you'll have to wait to hear about them. Uh, sorry to keep stringing you along, folks. But we promise uh, we promise it's worth it. There's a lot of really cool stuff in this episode. I'm really excited. I spent a lot of time I mean, writing these notes. If you have to wait just a little bit, you should be okay. Delayed gratification's good, right? It's good for you. It builds character. Something like that. You can find all of these submissions and more archived in our resources for your game page on our blog, Wonders of Thetis Podcast at .wordpress.com. It has been recently reorganized, so it should be easier to browse now. Also, I mean, I guess in retrospect, you could probably turn this off now and just go to the blog. But I guess you could do that. That if would you make wanted. us sad. Yeah, we want to talk about it. Share them with you. You know, stuff. Just, I mean, you could do it. Just, just know that we'll be sad. <laughs> just know that we'll be sad, and we'll miss you. 
If you'd like to share your or someone else's with their permission custom Dragon Age RPG content, send a message to Wonders of Theta's podcast at gmail.com. Uh, send it to us through our Facebook, Twitter, Tumblr, Google Plus, or SoundCloud accounts. Or send a personal message to Cot the Protector or Helipuff on the Green Running forums. Or send a message to Cot or Lee's on the D20 Radio forums. That's us. Flipped it. Flipped it on you. Yeah. What you gonna do? We're going to enchantment. I find this particular topic absolutely delightful. This is the main topic for today. Is it fate or chance? I can never decide. You thought I was going to say enchantment or enchanting? I did. And I didn't. Mm Mm-hmm. That was the joke. Fool you. Today's class is about runecrafting. Also known as enchantment. Also known as enchantment. Crack open your textbooks, your core rule books, so you grab your core rule books, turn to page 63 for the talent description, and pages 337 and 338 for the list of common runes. Runecrafting is a talent that opens up a large number of possibilities for your PC's gear and the gear of the villains. Keep that in mind, GMs. So, basic question, what are runes? Runes are magical inscriptions of lyrium that can be used to give special effects to weapons and armor. This can improve the protection of a suit of armor, or cause a weapon to deal extra damage to specific targets, or paralyze its targets, or other effects. Runes exist in just about every Dragon Age game, except I guess Dragon Age Legends. Maybe. I think so. Though special materials and skills are required, like runestone. Hmm. Surprise. Uh, This is handled very simply, as most things in Dragon Age are, with talents and tests. Please keep in mind, if you play other age games, that these could be very easily used in games other than Dragon Age. Yeah, I could see this being, uh, this would be an interesting twist to add to, like, to modern age, if you had Ooh, just yeah, gotten yeah. it, and, like, Ooh, uh, totally. rune enchant your guns and stuff. Mm-hmm. Well, Paralyzing gun. Just have to change the tests to, like, intelligence cha- enchantment instead of cunning enchantment. That's, that's super easy. Yeah, that's not bad. Yeah. Somebody try that and tell us how it goes. Oh, yeah, totally. Uh, and of course, the runecrafting talents requirements may change depending on the world you're playing in because the requirements in Dragon Age are quite demanding. As we'll get to it. Now, how do you make runes? You take the runecrafting talent, for one. This talent does have some fairly steep requirements by most talents, uh, most talent standards. You have to have a cunning of three. You have to have the cunning enchantment focus. You have to be a dwarf. Or you have to be a tranquil mage. Which may be a little difficult to use outside of this particular ability. It's true. Technically, you can take this out of any class. Mages have to be tranquil. Tranquil mages, of course, can be any race, except for dwarves, who can be rogues and warriors, and still make enchantments. But Uh, they don't do mage stuff anyway. I think we've touched on playing tranquil mages before. I cannot say which episode we we touched on it before, but it's still a very curious character concept. Although, Probably pretty cool for, from a flavor standpoint. For sure. Just you know, keep in mind that it could cause you some difficulties in mm-hmm. combat. Could also just be a talent that maybe NPCs take. Mm-hmm. Which, you know, then of course opens other possibilities of making friends and going on quests for them or just paying them money. Yeah. Now, the other way, the, see, the second step to making them is taking the time. Crafting a rune requires time, the amount of which depends on the degree of the rune. 
It does not now by the rule book. It does not require resources. It does not require you to make a test to make it. It just requires you to spend a specific amount of time. Uh, and see, so you can't fail to make a rune. Novice runes take two hours to make. Journeyman runes take three. Master runes take four. If you choose to, while making a rune, you can make a cunning enchantment test to reduce the time required to make the rune. The target number depends on the on the degree of the rune, and the time is reduced by 15 minutes times the dragon die result. Novice runes are target number 13, journeyman's target number 15, master's 20, target number 17. Remember that when you hit level 6, you get to add your focus bonus to the dragon die results you roll, meaning that you can treat your dragon die result as higher for the purposes of reducing the time to craft runes. While you can normally but reduce the time by up to one and a half hours by rolling a six on your dragon die, uh, with a plus two focus and you reduce it by two hours, and with a plus three focus after level 11 you can reduce it by up to two hours and 15 minutes. This is not something you should really count on because it is dice based. Uh, this does mean that after level six there is a chance you can create novice runes instantly. I think you'd need to roll a six on the die and have an Correct. advanced focus. Yes, you would. Actually, would, no, you would, you'd need, you you wouldn't, need the with an, focus. Yeah, with an advanced focus, you could do it in, uh, well, negative time. Yeah. Time rolls back. <laughs> time rolls back. You get an extra 15 you minutes of your day. You had the all along. Maybe Woo. not. Maybe not. But yeah, so you could feasibly make a novice rune instantly, and that would be pretty cool to do. Like, mm -hmm. you know, it's a neat parlor trick. Yeah, totally. I mean, it's, it's not 100% clear exactly how long it takes if you reduce the time to zero. Maybe like a minute or two, or maybe your character is just so dang good that it just takes them like... Major them action. Run. Yeah, major action. Bam! Got a rune. That, that, that sounds pretty cool. But, uh, of course, individual GMs may have a different idea how it works, and that is perfectly fine. Mm-hmm. Now, how do runes work? Runes impart bonuses to heroes who wear armor with armor runes attached, and weapons with weapon runes attached. They usually only come into effect if they are being worn or wielded, but the GMA rule that some runes work even when their gear is unattended. It is unclear exactly if the runes can stack with each other, but you can probably assume they do not, as this would be consistent with previous rulings about multiple effects of the same type stacking. Yeah, now when we say stacking, we mean like two runes of protection or two runes yes. that are giving the same bonus to something. I'm sure you could have a rune of fire and a rune of ice or a rune of paralysis yes. and a rune of whatever. Like... As long as they're not giving you the same bonus at the same time, you're probably okay. Yes, that's probably reasonable. Now, uh, these can be excellent ways for PCs to improve their gear incrementally uh, as a campaign continues as the heroes acquire new runes or gain the ability to make better ones. Now, uh, we go down to the fun part. What kinds of runes can you work with? Uh, first is, of course, armor runes. All the runes are, are, are separated into armor and weapons. And the most common types of armor runes are runes of defense, which does exactly what it says in the tin. Increases your defense. Mm -hmm. uh, all runes have a novice, journeyman, and master degree, which of course uh, is which of course matches with the talent, and the talent lets you make the different degrees. Uh, this is simple but effective. Uh, a plus three to defense is nothing to, to sneeze at. Mm -hmm. It's true. Mm -hmm. uh, there aren't that many ways to raise your defense, so. Mm -hmm. By wearing gear, besides wearing a shield. Or making your dexterity ginormous. Mm-hmm. Uh, a rune of fortune allows you to, once per encounter, add a small add a bonus to a die roll after you've seen the result. Uh, and so novice degree just lets you add plus two, journeyman lets you add plus four, master lets you add plus six. Uh, as usual with effects like these, you can wait until you see the dice hit the table before deciding to use this effect. Uh, it can also be added onto damage rolls. 
And don't forget that it can be used once per encounter. That's wild. Not once per session, not once per day, once per encounter. Just add six to a spellcasting test. Mm -hmm. Because you can. Like, that is a a very effective uh, protection for mages who are casting Mm -hmm. some of that, like, target number 21 nonsense and would rather not become abominations today. Could also be very useful for uh, characters who've gotten really good at fighting, but maybe haven't gotten really good at communication and they need a little extra bump at that one moment or maybe they need that extra bump because they just barely missed jumping over the gorge or climbing Mm. a rope shore up some weaknesses exactly yeah keep that one in mind uh runes of protection increase the armor rating of the armor they're attached to Uh, novice adds plus one journeyman adds plus two and master adds plus three ar this is a very solid bonus, especially when you have it on plate armors. An AR-13 suit of heavy plate makes you quite thick. You had to say it like that, huh? I did. I even typed it with two Cs. I, I saw that. That's how it works. I, I see that that's, that's there on the screen right now. I'm not more pleased with it <laughs> now that it's been explained. Unbreakable. I... Hmm. Next is the Rune of Valiance. You get a bonus on all willpower tests while wearing the, while having this rune attached to your armor. Just novice grants you a plus one, journeyman gives you a plus two, and master arrow gives you a plus three. Uh, remember that this adds to your willpower tests and not does not actually increase your willpower's native rating. Meaning mm-hmm. that your willpower does not increase for the purposes of prerequisites for things like specializations or other features. Yeah. You're not going to qualify for stuff on this, but yes. you again, this is you know, speaking of great ways to not get possessed. This would be one of them. Do one. Do what? Put this one on. Not do not become possessed. That's how it works. Magic enchantment. <laughs> enchantment. Uh, the rune of warding gives you a bonus on tests to resist spells from a specific school of magic. Novice grants you plus one. Journeyman plus two. Master plus three. This includes all five schools: blood, creation, entropy, primal, and spirit. A rune of blood war of ward warding blood would be extremely valuable to many. <laughs> A rune of warding creation, generally less so, but... Gotta watch out for them glyphs of neutralization. That is true. Gotta watch out for them glyphs of repulsion. Or the glyphs of paralysis. I'm less worried about those. Takes like a full minute for those to get cast. Yeah, but if someone's put like eight of them outside of a house... Yeah. And you happen to run into one. But you probably already picked create like uh, entropy, primal, spirit, or blood. So, you know, joke's on you. Yeah, a spirit would be would be pretty neat. Spirit would not be a bad idea. Walking bomb is. Yeah, that a one's problem. not fun. Primal, of course, has you making tests everywhere. That one's never yes. gonna hurt. Uh, entropy is definitely gonna be nice when you need it, and you will never go wrong with getting a rune of warding blood. Yeah, you so, never want that to affect mm-mm, you. Mm-mm. Especially not if your bad the bad guys have things like blood slave. Gross. Yeah, please don't. Next, we get into the weapon runes. These can get fun. We have a couple. Let's see. The, like uh, this first one, the Rune of Cold Iron, which boosts damage against undead creatures. Novice gives you a plus one to the damage. Journeyman adds plus three to damage. And Master adds plus five to the damage. Exactly what qualifies as undead uh, is is uh, specific as part of the, the Rune of Cold Iron. It says possessed corpses, such as skeletons, devouring corpses, etc. means a corpse that a spirit's inhabiting. So, important note would be that this would not work on uh, things like ash rays or shades or apparitions. Because or... those are just straight up spirits. Yep. 
Now, your GM may rule that it does work against them, but, you know, you know, table expect table variation. Yeah, I think it'd be reasonable for it to work against mm-hmm. them. Give, give me, not people without magical weapons, and, well, I guess this would make your weapon magical anyway, having a rune on it would kind of... Probably, yeah. Probably, arguably, make it magical enough that it could hit something that didn't have a body. That is not a bad point. That is not a bad point. Or it sounds something worth bringing up. Nice. Yeah. I like that's that. That's an important kind of thing to think about because uh, non-magical weapons and things without bodies do not, literally don't mix. Like, you can't touch them. So, I mean, one good reason to get runes or even a single rune is, hey, your weapon counts as magical now. Make I, it like that. I like that. This next one is pretty mean. The Rune of Devastation. Ooh. This deadly rune gives the wielder bonus stunt points that must be spent on Mighty Blow and Lethal Blow stunts. The Novice Degree gives you plus one stunt point, Journeyman gives you plus two stunt points, and Master gives you plus three stunt points. <laughs> oh, you know how we have that Berserker friend with the Master and Berserker talent uh-huh. that lets her do Lethal Blow for four? Uh-huh. And she's she's going to already... be really sad that we didn't have this in that game. <laughs> right. Of course, she fought with her fists. I guess she. She could, would have she put it ser- in a glove. She I would mean. have tattooed it on her tongue. She would have done. <laughs> I don't know. She didn't like magic. After being in the fade for as long as she was, she wouldn't have cared. Probably not. Just put him on some gauntlets. Probably put it on some gauntlets. Punch forever. Never stop punching. Never stop punching. Uh, this can, of course, get very dangerous, as we mentioned, mixed with people who get discounts on these. And keep in mind that journeyman style, journeyman degree of two-handed style, gives you makes mighty blow cost one stun point for you. There are oh, uh, off the top of my head, there really there aren't a lot of other ways to reduce those particular those particular stunts in Dragon Age. Although Fantasy Age does have a couple of suggestions and a couple of ways to go about it. Now here is a question that I know is going to get asked. Yes, almost certainly. Do you think that this should provide stunt points regardless of whether or not the wielder rolls stunt points? Mm. Or do these only take effect when the when the wielder would otherwise have rolled stunt points? Good question. Because that's the difference between sometimes, le- uh, sometimes Mighty Blow and all times Mighty Blow. <laughs> At all times Mighty Blow. Also, uh, for our particular friend here... That okay. we were talking about with mm-hmm. Vinok, she, you know, as the epic warrior, has combat stunts for one stunt. She generates one extra point. Yes, because she's level 11 already. And, and because she's level 20 now, she gets an extra combat stunt. So she's always generating, if she's going combat, she's always generating two extra. So. Crazy stuff. Would, like, you know, your, ta- your, ta- your table mileage may vary, but be pretty powerful to be able to just mighty blow mm-hmm. and lethal blow every round whenever you feel like it right maybe now a level the, 20 character sure the wording but... of the rune does say plus one bonus when, when generating, generating okay points. so you have to actually have stun points to generate in the first place so that makes it easier that dials right? it back a bit but that's still right, pretty so, yeah, so you do have to generate stun points in yes. the first place you have to get them but i mean what were you gonna do with them anyway come on you're gonna hit people. Real we're hard. gonna hit people with it because this is a weapon rune. This is what we do with weapon runes. Uh, now this next one's fun because this one's got a lot of variation to it. The rune of elements. These are clever runes that first just give a straight bonus to damage rolls with the weapon, but the damage roll and see, but the damage bonus is themed to a particular element, and they mm. actually included all five of the elements from the original video games. 
Although they don't necessarily play much of a direct role in how Dragon Age the RPG works, they do include fire, frost, lightning, nature, and spirit damage. Mm-hmm. Novice adds plus one, journeyman plus two, master plus three. Standard. Uh, but it also claims that the element of the rune may allow the weapon to perform minor tricks. Uh, like a rune of fire being used to light a torch or be used as a torch. I feel like that's ma- that's missing the opportunity for a perfectly good toasting knife. Toast, Toast the bread as you're cutting it? Yes. Yeah. Those exist in the real world, I, I think. <laughs> and now they can exist in your fantasy game. You're welcome. You're welcome. Now, you're, now your PCs have a toaster. They do. Uh, now, some of these effects are pretty obvious, like toaster knives. But the elements of nature and spirit may be a little less obvious. This is the part where the GM comes in to define what these do in their campaigns. And we have a couple possible suggestions. Uh, Nature, perhaps, could nourish soil to help things grow. Uh, Nature could allow bonuses when attempting to communication animal handling tests. Nature may allow you to cut through magically enchanted barriers made of organic material like vines or wood. Spirit runes may allow you to damage magical barriers, all of the ones that are all over Dragon Age Inquisition. Uh, spirit runes may allow you uh, allow bonuses when attempting to make communication tests with spirits. Eh, it's up to got to be up to the GM exactly what like nature and the spirit ones do. But I mean, like mm-hmm. the lightning ones obviously are going to create electrical currents. The frost ones are going to keep are going to let you make keep things cold. I think a cool thing that a master nature element one might be able to do. Mm-hmm is maybe reduce the amount of damage it could do. But supposing that uh, once per encounter, you could use it to uh, have vines sprout out of your weapon and automatically Ooh. perform like a grapple stunt. Oh, dang. Hmm. I think I need to write a new rune. You're welcome. <laughs> uh, whether or not so certain... helpful today. <laughs> yes. Whether or not certain targets take extra damage from specific elements or ignore that damage entirely is up to the individual individual adversaries or objects and, of course, the GM's discretion. Mm-hmm. Now, we are very familiar with this one. Oh, this the, one. The Rune of Paralyzation. <laughs> this dangerous rune grants uh. you access to a unique stunt while you're wielding the weapon. It's The higher degree the rune is, the cheaper the stunt becomes, and the higher the target number to resist the effect of the stunt. The Novice Degree grants you the Paralyzed Stunt for six stunt points. The target mm-hmm. makes a target number 13 Constitution Stamina Test, or they become Paralyzed. For the rest of the encounter, the target cannot move, loses their dexterity to defense, and can take no actions at all. But at the beginning of each of their turns, they get another t- Constitution stamina test to try and shake it off. Otherwise, it just lasts until the account the encounter ends. Uh, it does also call out that people who are paralyzed cannot be Kudigrod, which they is can, good. They can still be attacked, but they can't actually just be taken out of the fight right then and there. Well, I mean, they could be carried out of the fight right then and there. You probably, yeah. It's a thing that can happen. You almost sound like you're speaking from experience or something. Uh Uh-huh. The journeyman degree reduces the cost to five stun points and increases the target number of the Constitution stamina test to 15. The master degree reduces the cost to four stun points and increases the target number of the Constitution stamina test to 17. Which is hard. A hard test to clear. That is a powerful rune. Uh, the master degree of this rune is a game changer, as these players have found out. Uh, when I mean, the healer gets paralyzed. The only good thing about it is it made for one of the most iconic moments <laughs> in the game <laughs> with the bad idea bear rogue. Uh huh. Freaking Callion screaming 
and fall and jumping, you know, tackling him off a ninety foot building, screaming, took your eyes off the prize, and somehow surviving that somehow whole surviving. mess. I think she hit zero hit points when she hit the ground. But I made the. But you made a uh, regenerate. But you cast. Uh, re- you would cast rejuvenate. No, I right? actually made the. Oh no! You actually made. The... I made. I have. A, I had a five constitution, so I finally made the stupid check. And then you were able to start healing when she was on the ground, dying. Dying, and then you put rejuvenate on her, and she kept be getting a couple hit points, getting shot down, and then <laughs> yeah. gaining a couple hit points, getting back up again, and then getting shot down again. It was. It was a day. That was a very, very important day. So we, also, we love hate this rune. Also part of the Tevinter arc of our campaign. It was a good time. Tevinter was a stupid place. It was a really rough place to be. Now, the next one is called the Rune of Silverite. This rune gives you a damage bonus uh, against Darkspawn. Nice. Uh, novice adds plus one, journeyman plus three, master plus five. Of course, this would obviously be very valuable to the Grey Wardens, and many of them probably commission things like this already. Uh, whether or not it affects blighted creatures like ghouls is subject to GM discretion. I would imagine it should. Mm-hmm. Things like Anything uh, that... ghouls or blight wolves. Yeah, it sounds like the thing it responds to is blight. So, mm-hmm. Yes. Imagine so, it would you know. also work on an archdemon, but you've got bigger problems if that's what you're facing. Yeah. You'll probably want several of those runes passed out before that. Uh, in the same vein of the rune of paralyzation, we also have the rune of slowness. This powerful rune grants you a four stunt point stunt, the slow stunt, uh, when wielding the weapon. This cost never goes down with the with the greater degrees of the rune, but it does it does improve as the rune gets better. The target who is hit by it hit by the stunt needs to make a target number thirteen magic spirit test or becomes slowed. The target who is slowed down suffers a minus one penalty to attack rolls and a minus four penalty to their speed for the rest of the encounter. At the start of their subsequent turns, they may attempt the test again to remove the slow effect. The journeyman degree increases the target number to 15 and increases the penalties uh, to minus 2 for attack and minus 6 to speed. The master rune increases the target number to 17 and increases the penalties to minus 3 for attack and minus 8 to speed. Yeah, and the the value here over the paralyzation (coughs) rune is that it's a magic spirit test, which for most people is not going to be as good as Constitution Stamina. Now, personally, I would have much preferred that this be what he had been wielding because it would have been better for me. It would have worked out very well for you because you're a spirit mage. I would have had to roll like a five. It would have been great. (laughs) But uh, for the warriors and the rogues out there who perhaps have not put a lot of points into magic, uh, this is going to hurt a lot. Yeah, this you may well come across someone who almost can't make this. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, uh, you know, our rogue had a negative one in magic. She would have had to roll a full 18 to get out of that. Mm-hmm. Now, the uh, rune does not specifically say that it lasts until the end of the encounter. I don't know if that means that they just kind of assumed that we would assume it lasts until the end of the encounter, or if it just lasts forever until they resist the test. Yeah, GMs Probably do decide. Probably till the end of the encounter, but man, would that be an awful curse to put on somebody. <laughs> You're slow... Forever. Minus three to attack, minus eight to speed. We're up, guys. <laughs> Time for adventure. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I like uh, your slowdown. The, the last common rune is the rune of striking. This is very simple, but very effective. Adds bonuses to attack rolls when the weapon the weapon it is attached to. Novice gives you plus one to attack, journeyman gives you plus two, and master gives you plus three to attack. 
when going up against foes with runes of defense, this of course can be very valuable. Uh, these can be extra valuable for characters who use one ability for attacking with a mm-hmm. weapon and one to damage with it, especially if the PC has invested more in the damage stat than the attack one. Yeah. Usually going to be the case with uh, range, with bow weapons, uh, if you're playing Fantasy Age, black powder weapons, if you're uh, or if you're going just with light weapons and maybe wielding a couple of them at a time, but you're using strength for damage, then this can be very valuable. Yeah, in Fantasy Age... Uh... As I recall, the Arcane Lance style ability is based off of accuracy to hit. So Correct. if you were porting these into Fantasy Age, this would also be particularly useful for like a major staff. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, uh, especially in Fantasy Age, with Fantasy Age using fully separate ability scores for all types of weapon attacks. Mm-hmm. So you know, more something worth keeping in mind. Now, it is also worth remembering that weapon rune bonuses that the the when. A weapon give, weapon rune gives a bonus to a weapon. It gives a bonus to making attacks with that specific weapon. If you've got a weapon like a rune of striking in one hand, and a on the weapon in your right hand, it does not give the bonus to the weapon in your left hand. Mm-hmm. If that one has a rune of striking on it, then they get their individual bonuses, but they yeah. do not carry over into everything. And they don't stack so that each of them gets double the strike bonus. Correct. Each one gets its own individual bonuses it's based on the weapon itself. Mm-hmm. Now. Is that all the runes we have to play with? Of course it's not. I mean, technically by the core rulebook standards, yes, those are all the runes <laughs> we have to play with. But, but it's not all that we have to play with. Not all that we have to play with. And not all that you have to play with. Remember uh, that uh, that question we got a little while ago? And we were like, hey, so just hang on a little bit and we'll get back to you on that. Yeah. You know. Now is that time. This is the getting back. Uh, I wrote 15 new runes. To reward your PCs or arm your NPCs. You can, of course, find it in our One is a Thetis podcast and blog. Uh, under the, in the episodes and the, the resources for your game cha- tab, and you'll want to go to the House Rules tab. Uh, opening up Kant's Extra Runes will show you the 15 extra new runes, which are uh, actually adapted runes from all Dragon Age games. I even pulled a couple from the iPhone game, uh, Heroes of Dragon Age, because that one's got a couple of unique runes that do specific things for that game specific system but some of them worked out very well and i was able to adapt a couple from effects that already existed in the core rulebook uh like the rune of alacrity which kind of like the rune of valiance uh, let's see uh, starting with armor runes rune of alacrity uh makes your armor give you a plus one bonus on dexterity tests if you're if it's a novice degree plus two if it's journeyman plus three if it's master that's pretty much a standard assumption for yeah. that we can probably make here at this point is to be yeah. like, you know, if it's got a plus bonus, it's probably going to go one, two, three. Yeah, usually. Except if it's a damage bonus, in which case it goes one, three, five. Oh. Yeah, fancy, right? Uh, the Rune of Control was one from the, uh, which I believe was one from the iPhone game Heroes of Dragon Age, is an armor mm-hmm. rune uh, that, let's see, seem, let's see, armor with the Arun of Control seems to move as the wearer desires, pulling them forward when they otherwise couldn't move. Uh, let's see, all of these runes grant a bonus on tests to resist effects which would dictate your actions or change your speed, such as the Stunning Attack Rogue Power, the Winter's Grasp spell, the Petrify spell, etc. Novice gives you a plus Blood one slave, to resist probably. Blood Slave. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That one too. That's a good one. There we go. It could perhaps stack with that Rune of Warding that you definitely bought because you're going up against Blood Mages. Yeah, that would be the time. Mm-hmm. And of course, the uh, bonus is the one, two, three. One, two, three. 
Uh, the Ring of Fortitude fills you with tenacity, fills you with might. Uh, although it, uh, the wording might confuse you because it actually gives you bonus on constitution tests. Surprise! Which are also very useful. Fills you with inner might. Inner like might. Gut might. Gut might. Guts and black stuff. Like, and like 50 How much tests. iron can you digest? <laughs> Probably not any, but this still makes you stronger as far as that goes. Yeah, but you'll throw up later. <laughs> So, this plus one, two, idea. three do on, on Constitution Test. Uh, this one, you'd probably have to double check with your GM to make sure that it's allowed. I thought it would be an interesting one to include, because I saw it in the game, and it works much mm. better for games that calculate the wealth that you receive normally, but we wrote a Rune of Greed. This could be difficult. This it's one cool. could be tricky to implement and may only work for specific uh, specific campaign types, but once per session, after an encounter with the monetary treasure that the GM gives your party, you may petition the GM to increase this currency total by 10% for novice degree, 20% for journeyman, and 30% for master degree. I would also, GMs, I may not be a GM very regularly, but I would strongly recommend that you limit this to one rune per party. Because you do have control over how many runes they get. Not only is that a lot of percentile math to calculate when you mm -hmm. start adding on multiple percentages, but that that could get broken pretty quickly. Now, unlike some of the runes that were once per encounter, this is once per session. Once per session in which you sit down with your friends to play a game. Yes. Worth keeping in mind. Uh, the next one is the Ruin of Health, which fills you with vigor and stamina. It increases your maximum health by 5 for the novice degree, 10 for the journeyman degree, and 15 for the master degree. It's just useful. Yeah, it's just nice. Get you, Especially you if you longer. had like a lower con and you're in your 11 to 20 range. Yes. This could be your ticket to not dying all the time. Or if you were that poor sap who waited till like level 11 to actually increase their con from zero. Why does she keep coming up? <laughs> She's just a great example. Thank you. We love you, you Jill. We, we love you so very much, Jill. Uh, the rune of immunity is next. This rune protects the wearer against against the elements. Uh, you increase your armor rating by plus one against a specific type of damage, such as fire, ice, lightning, spirit, or nature damage. Uh, we did define that spirit damage includes damage from arcane lances or spirit or entropy spells that deal damage. And nature damage includes damage from natural hazards, the stone fist spell, or the wrath of the elven spell. Those two specifically. There really actually aren't, there weren't a lot of others that actually, like, did damage that made a lot of sense. But mm -hmm. I figured those would be the good ones. Uh, the AR is potent, and it protects against this damage even if AR wouldn't reduce the damage normally, such as if the damage is penetrating. So, you know. Well, that shuts down wrath of the elven pretty. It can. Completely. It can. That's, and it uh, goes again by the one, two, three. Yeah, that's now pretty I've, painful for, I, your, I, now, for your local keeper. You can probably assume that nature is such a specific one that people are probably not going to pick it up very often. Unless they're going like, up against the keeper. Unless they're going up against keepers. In which case, you know, they've got a little bit of, a, bit of a buffer. A little bit of a buffer. buffer. Well, most keepers, I guess, actually have other damaging spells. Ideally. They usually tend to go primal magic. I cast party members. <laughs> I cast friends. I did. It's the only spell I had. Was attack uh, the spell. next one is pretty straightforward and fun. A rune of speed. Armor Ooh. of the rune of speed makes the wearer more swift. Novice degree grants you a plus two to speed. 
Journeyman grants you plus six to speed. Master grants you plus ten to speed. Now, I, I'm assuming that that is not squares. That is yards. That is that is yards. That's not squares. Okay. Well, that plus that, that plus ten might might be a bit much. Yeah, a two four six might be a better spread for that because. Okay, I figured that two four six would make it a bit underwhelming. Well, I mean, even getting to move, like, one more square in combat can make all the difference. You're probably right. We can probably change that. Because that's a, that's a lot of speed to have there at the end. Mm, that is a haste spell. Yeah, that's... An all-the-time haste spell could be a bit much. You're probably right. Maybe we'll maybe we'll fix that later. Let's make that a 2-4-6 when we get the chance. Mm-hmm. Uh, the last armor rune we made was the Rune of Windshield. It turns away missiles fired at the armor. You increase your defense by one for novice, two for journeyman, three for master, against ranged attacks from thrown weapons or weapons from the bow category. That's not bad. I like that. Mm -hmm. I thought it was pretty straightforward. This one was uh, adapted from Dragon Age Origins. It had one that was just like percentage missile avoidance. I figured, mm -hmm. you know, a little, little extra damage, a little extra defense against ranged attacks could be nice. Especially if you're going up against a lot of archers. Mm-hmm. Now, we go into the weapon runes, and some of the uh, the first couple are pretty straightforward. They're all damage bonus runes. Uh, the Rune of Corrupting specifically works against living beings who are not tainted by the Blight. No. Uh, plus one for Novice, plus three for ma Journeyman, uh, plus five for Master. This is Whoa. actually from uh, Dragon Age. A couple of these are from Dragon Age Inquisition, which had a couple of damage-boosting runes that we didn't have from the other games. Uh, the next one would be Demon Slaying, which grants you bonuses against demons and dangerous spirits, like Ash Raids and Shades, because they they, they kind of are demons. I would imagine if you had this in your game, then you wouldn't need the Rune of Cold Iron to impact Ash Raids mm -hmm. and Shades. Like. Now, I would probably say that if you had the Rune of Demon Slaying and the Rune of Cold Iron both included in your game, you'd want to separate them to be like, Rune of Cold Iron works specifically against possessed corpses, against yeah. things like Revenants and, and Arcane Horrors. Uh, but the Rune of Demon Slaying works on just yeah. straight-up demons. Precisely. Uh, the Rune of Dragon Slaying, of course, adds bonuses to damage against dragons. Pretty straightforward. Plus one, three, five damage against dragons. And that can be particularly useful for dragon hunting campaigns or campaigns where you're just you might run into a dragon once in a while. Mm -hmm. Would this count against an archdemon? They're probably not. not. Really dragon. That would probably be the rune of silver. You probably want the silverite rune. Mm -hmm. uh, next is a rune of impact, which came from Dragon Age Two. Increases the force of your weapons. Now, uh, I decided to jump into kind of into the format of the rune of devastation and grant bonuses on generating stunts to perform and generating stunt points to perform other specific stunts and for the rune of impact you get a plus one bonus when generating stunt points but one two or stunt, three yeah one two or three the bonus stunt points must be spent on skirmish or knock blow or knock knock prone why did i say knock blow i don't know why you said knock blow well, i'll fix that later okay uh the rune of intensifying and makes all weapons strike as if they were heavier once per encounter your weapon's damage roll increases by 1d6 for a single damage roll uh, journeyman and master add 2d6 and 3d6 respectively to a single damage roll once per encounter. Mm -hmm. I figure it was a nice little, let's see, a nice little nasty boost, but yeah, yeah, let's see, but you save it. Uh, the rune of menacing is kind of like is also like the rune of devastation. Plus one, two, three, generating stunt points. 
but they must be spent on taunt and threaten. Mm-hmm. Now, the Rune of Momentum continues this trend, but they must be spent on dual strike and lightning attack stunts. All right, moving quickly. Moving quick. The Rune of Momentum. <sighs> so, you've got a lot of options for enchantment. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we hope that you enjoy them. Uh, we, I think runes are a lot of fun. They can make a, they can make uh, incre- improving your weapons a bit more incremental. If you don't want to use the sort of I think I don't know if they'll include it in Faces of Thetis, but they might. The uh, they might have already inc- I think they already included it in here the idea of weapons improving as a character levels up, kind of like how Bianca improves for Varric. Mm-hmm. Or maybe the weapon just improves it to eventually gain a rune slot. So you can also go with that and find more ways to have your character's weapons incrementally get better. And of course, if someone takes the talent and eventually takes greater degrees in the talent, they can start swapping out the old runes with better runes. Uh, And of course, don't forget that NPCs can play with this too. All it takes is one rune crafter to start outfitting outfitting their their small militia. Mm -hmm. Because all it technically requires is time. Uh, But realistically it does require access to very specific materials but i imagine that the talent probably gives you an idea of where to find them you hey. have a look hey yes dear oh, what gods. what do you think is sandal's favorite cookie i'm afraid of the answer are you ready oh it's a macaroon are you enchanted? No. No, I'm just I'm just hurt. I'm just hurt. That well, may be why I was quiet for the last 30 seconds because that <laughs> that little gem was revealing come itself on. in my heart. Why? Why are you like this? Oh, come on. You would get so bored. <sighs> well, we hope you folks out there enjoy your rune crafting and if you happen to come up with any uh, extra runes for your own campaigns, feel free to share them or with us. Or rune-based puns. We'll or take Or rune-based puns, I guess. <laughs> if you like what we do, please consider supporting us on our new Patreon, and you can not only get double votes on later episodes, you can also get the show a week early. If we mm-hmm. get enough support, we can meet you on Discord channel, start inviting people onto the show with us, become a weekly show, or even start new, or and we'll probably start branching out into new shows for other age games. And yeah, we've got some really cool things mm-hmm. in the works. If you continue to support us, then the support may bleed over into those other shows. Yeah. Or maybe we'll start a new Patreon. Actual. We'll probably all put it all together. Actual plays will be a good time, though. We've got some. We've got some things planned. I'm writing a campaign. It's gonna, it's gonna be, be cool. good. It's gonna be mm-hmm. a good time. Uh, now, if you like to keep up with the show, you can follow us on our social media. Feel free to leave a comment or a question, or even tell us how your own Dragon Age games are going. Feel free to leave a comment of our sh- on our show on SoundCloud, and if you can, please leave us a review on iTunes or Google Play. It helps us out. Thank you in advance if you do those things. Mm-hmm. Thanks in advance. That's a popular thing to say on the D20 Radio. Oh. Although it eventually got uh, corrupted into uh, sex in advance. I did not say that thing. <laughs> somebody somebody misheard something and it stuck forever. Well. You know, fun stuff. That's all, folks. That's all, folks. Uh, this is Ren wishing lots of sixes on that dragon die. And this is Jessica wishing you good heels and happy fields. Thanks for listening to One of the Fittest Podcast. We'll catch you next time. See ya, Arun. Hey, <laughs> hey. You're a bad person.